Hello, Jordan. Hello, Michael. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Had a good day. Got over 17,000 steps in thus far. Yeah, feeling good. Love that. Feeling really I love good. that. How about you? I'm great, man. By the way, for everyone listening, Jordan, oh, Jordan yeah, is I down forgot. in Florida. And uh, so his audio is seems fine. But just in case it's not, that's why. Literally, the episode will still be worth it. We promise. We agreed 30 seconds ago that I would start by saying, hey, apologize for the audio. And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. And I completely forgot to do that. So I apologize if the audio is not as good as usual. But next week, we'll be back with regular audio. Promise. It's not every week you're traveling for a Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition. That's exactly right. That's, I mean, who knows? Maybe one day, eventually, that'll be my life. But for right now, that is certainly not my life. <laughs> not your everyday life, but it is your life right now because at 3 p.m. tomorrow, you're on that mat. That's right. Weighing in. How are you feeling? I feel good, man. I'm excited. I, uh, I haven't competed like this since high school for like a, a big competition. You and I were talking yesterday about how even for powerlifting, I never got this nervous ever, even at the highest level of competition. I think it's because with powerlifting, you are going against a weight, right? Like, are you going to do better than you did last time? Are you going to get a personal record? But it's, it's the, really the main variable is you. Whereas with something like wrestling or jujitsu or any type of fighting or really any of any sport where you're going up against something else or someone else is give another person you're going against. And, mm. uh, this is one of the things I think that's very different in individual sports versus team sports. Like with a team sport, you have your other team members. There are other people you can always rely on or blame with a sport, like whether it's wrestling, jujitsu, whether it's singles, tennis, it's always you versus one other person, right? And like that, there's a, a significant amount more pressure, I think, uh, and they can sort of play on the mind and the emotions. So it's fun to have those again. I would say it's even more because my mind went to tennis too, when you said you against an opponent. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, what you're doing is even a level above that because it's, it's one-on-one, but it is also, you know, it's not to the death, but it's (laughs) like, like broken limb or going unconscious. Like these are, those are the stakes of the match. Yeah. It was fun. My, my coach was telling me the other day, he, he always said he hated losing. He said he hated losing, especially he always hated losing by getting choked out. Because in his mind, what that meant was that person could kill him. Like, and even though like there's rules here and that's not going to happen, it's like, basically that's what they're saying is like, if this was real life, you'd be dead. And it's like, he always, it always got in his head when that happened. So yeah, it's definitely an intense mindset, but I really love it. Like I really, I enjoy it and I'm excited about it. It's cool to get these nerves again and to be like this excited and passionate about something. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I will well, say, that's... I think the the best piece of advice that I got recently was from a black belt. I believe his name is Jake Watson, high level black belt, really great guy. And basically I asked him, what's the one piece of advice? Sort of like the things that people do to us as coaches. Like what's the one piece of advice you have for, for losing fat? Or what's the one piece of advice you have for building a business? I was like, what's the one piece of advice you have going into my first competition? And it was tremendous advice. He said, set standards, not expectations. 
mm. which was basically he was saying, listen, you can set the standard of how how well you will prepare for the competition. Like, are you missing workouts? Are you getting all your sessions in? Uh, how's your nutrition? Are you making your weight? Are like, you should have a game plan going in. Are you going to at least try and attempt to do something to each opponent? Like, if you live up to all of your standards, it was a success. But trying to set the, the expectation of you must win the competition, it's a that's the one thing you don't necessarily have control over. What you do have control over are the standards you set for yourself. So I like that a lot. I love that too. And you and I talked about that for like a half hour when you first told me on the phone. But it's, yeah, that is what it is, is what you can control versus what you can't control. And it's it's bringing it back to you. And that is what you have done from what I've seen and and what you're still doing right now. You did a little uh, like test cut this morning, yep. water cut. Yep. Yep. And and it worked well and you're feeling good about making weight tomorrow. Yeah. Worked well. It's so crazy. I mean, stuff that I, I was talking to my buddy David about this cause we used to wrestle together from eighth grade all the way through high school. And, uh, it's so interesting. I wish I knew what I know now back then. And tra- like, mm-hmm. it makes the weight cut so much easier and less restrictive and more enjoyable. It's like back then it was just following whatever the older kids were doing. And then you carry that throughout your whole high school career. So what you learn as a freshman and sophomore, you do as a junior and a senior, and then you pass on down to the younger kids. It was just the dumbest stuff. And I mean, I've cut almost 20 pounds in the last 15, 16 weeks. And my performance has improved. My strength has improved. I feel great, not restrictive. And uh, back then it was like, Losing, I mean, losing six, eight, 12 pounds is, is no easy feat, but it's, it was way more difficult to do that than it is now to lose 20 pounds just because I know how to do it. And it's way, it's just a science. We were talking last night and you were basically along the lines of, I'm not hungry yeah. or like, uh, maybe not, I'm not hungry, but I don't feel low energy. Like I feel good. I have energy despite being on a small amount of calories and being this many weeks into a deficit. Like I know food volume choices. I know how much protein to get. I know the kind of meal timing for yourself so that you can make this progress and feel awesome in the process. And, and granted that can't go on forever. If, if you did this for another, Correct. you know, 16 weeks, let alone six weeks, like it, it would get weird and, and impossible eventually. But for this duration, like you've really made it incredibly manageable. Yeah. It's one of those things that, the more you do it, the more you get passionate about certain things. Like I want to go into high schools and talk to high school wrestlers and about, Hey, this is how you can manage your nutrition. So you do it in a safe, healthy way. Here's the mistakes I made. Here's what happened. Here's what I want you to do instead. And it's something like when you're in high school, usually you're not the one choosing the food for your household, right? Mm. Your parents are generally saying, all right, here, we're going to go to the grocery store. This is what we get. And like, I would love to be able to have a meeting with like the parents of the athletes and say, hey, listen, these are the foods that might help them be able to lose weight in a healthy way, keep them full, keep them focused in class. Ideally, they'll want to be focusing on sleep. But just all these things that going through the process has helped me remember and realize, man, there's so much room for education across so many different platforms here. I'm sure this is uh, this is applicable to many different people in many different sports, not just wrestling or jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Yeah, man. What's what's going on with you? Same old here. I had a just had a great leg day. Progressed on everything. I also didn't have caffeine for this late afternoon workout. Wow. Uh, 
which I'm pretty pumped about. Would I've that have sleeping. affected your sleep? Yeah, it would affect my sleep. And I've just been, I've been having like 100 to 200 milligrams a day, only first thing in the morning. And then I've been sleeping like, you know, like lights out, crazy lucid dreams, nine hours, like sleeping hard and then wake up and just feel energized and ready to go. Um, and I know that's a byproduct of total caffeine intake and not having it later in the day. Mm -hmm. And so I did cardio this morning, which we're going to talk about and which I've been doing basically every day for almost two weeks, maybe, maybe like 10 ish days at this point. Um, do you think that's improving your sleep? Maybe that definitely could play a role physiologically and mentally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I got, I got the cardio in this morning and then had a decent amount of food today. And then I was dragging late afternoon. Didn't want to go to the gym. It's a leg day, you know, not my favorite to train, but got there, got it all in, feel good. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. And then like you and I have talked about, I'm giving a, not a best man speech, but like a groomsman speech, um, at, uh, one of my good buddies, shout out John Arnold, his wedding, uh, groom's dinner tomorrow night or not tomorrow night, Friday night. So I have that written now and I've kind of like playing it in my head and, and visualizing and you're ready to give it. You're, yeah. you're confident with it. I'm not ready to give it right now, <laughs> but I will be ready to give it. Got it. Like I, I, I know what I'm going to say and I got it mapped out and I'm, you know, I'll run it a few times, but I just got a few like bullet points and then I'm just forgetting it and get up there and talk. So you're not going to look at any of the notes while you're up there? No, I'm not. Wow. Okay. Respect. Yeah. I just, like if I can rip one takes for YouTube and if I can like just riff, like how can I not talk about someone I've known 20 years? Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. not, you know, it's, it, it's, first it's outdoor. So like they're doing it real safe and they had to cut the the total number of guests way down with, Got you it. know, COVID restrictions and, and like they really want to do right. But so it's not like a massive crowd either. Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel good. I'm excited. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's about all that's going on here. Um, Why did you start doing cardio? What prompted that? I, I just didn't want to do more emails and, <laughs> and so it was like, you know, I still had some more to do and, you know, I had, I had actually gotten through client emails, but I had more like admin type emails and I was like, I don't want, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I want to do anything else besides this right now. And I was relatively caffeinated and it was a rest day. Um, and I was just like, I'm going for a walk. And I, and I threw on my shoes and grabbed my headphones and put on a, a hoodie and uh, went walking. And the walk turned into, I think I was listening to an audio book. And then I switched over to music. The pace started to pick up. I, I was further than I had ever walked on this trail by this river kind of by my house. And it's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go further. Like, what's this, this far? And probably... I think it's a little over four miles is how far I went. But by some point I was like, I'm going to walk as fast as I can right now. And then it started to rain. And I was, and then in my head, I went to that angry place. I was like, I bet a lot of people turn around right now. I'm not turning around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so just going guns blazing. And 
and you your feeling my you? heart in the process and just feeling like this is something that I've been missing physically and mentally for a while. It's something I had done quite a bit in the past, which we spoke about a little bit last week, but it, I've just ingrained it as a habit over this, this past week. Um, but yeah, that's, it was literally boredom combined with my intuition wanting to move mm. was what led me there. Got it. Got it. Did you, did you yeah. have your phone on you when it started raining? In my pocket. Yeah. But it was all right. Like there were no issues with water or anything. No, no. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But yeah. you felt good afterward. You were like, man, like you texted me, you were like cardio. This is, <laughs> and, you're, and, and you've been obviously getting your cardio up because it is required not only through, you know, just rolling gets your cardio up, but all of the assault bike work that you've been yeah, doing. I literally bought a cardio machine, like, which <laughs> I, you know, you and I were talking about this. I think we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit here. It's like cardio has become so taboo in the strength and, and physique community, which just like, it's become this thing where people are like, screw cardio. You shouldn't do cardio. And, uh, I fell into that trap for many years where I was just like, cardio is stupid, da 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 And now here I am buying like an assault bike or an echo, a rogue echo bike. And uh, it's like probably the piece of equipment that I use the absolute most out of everything. And it's like, it's been, it feels amazing. My blood pressure has improved and like, I feel great. And it's, it's how, about, how about when we spoke on the phone after your first oh time on the bike? Oh yeah, this was awful. Basically That's I did, I did. Jordan I, sounded like, I, like an elderly person with emphasis some kind of lung. Yeah. 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 Like, I, like you had smoked a pack a day for like 70 years. It was awful. What you sounded like. And like, it was every time I laughed, it was that wheeze. It was like the, <laughs> <laughs> it was that like awful wheeze that you get. And I, my chest was burning. Cause basically what my coach had me do was he wanted to get a baseline for what my three mile test was like for how quickly I could ride three miles on that bike. And so I didn't understand how that bike worked. I didn't understand how difficult it was going to be, but I went hard and Rico filmed the whole thing. And, mm. and oh my God, by about a minute and a half, I was like, oh dear Lord, like I am screwed. And, uh, when I got off the bike, I, I think for the next four to six hours, my chest was like burning and, uh, I, I didn't redo the three mile test, but I did do similar tests since then after like the first week, first three weeks, first month, first six weeks. And like, man, it's so crazy to see how much my cardio improves and how, and quickly, how quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how fast cardio improves. It feels so much better doing cardio once your cardio starts to improve too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It does. Right. Like when I'm and all I've been doing is walking. So, and, and, you know, fast I did pace, a little intensity walking fast pace. I, I did some on the treadmill. And so I did 45 minutes at like 135 beats per minute, which is, That's which no is joke. like a pretty aggressive percent of max for walking at an incline, like hard. Um, but it's cool how, how fast it becomes easier. Yeah. And then, and then like, it, it's, it's like progression in any sense. It's like strength progression when you feel a lot better doing the same thing or doing something more difficult and you feel better doing it. Um, it's, it's just a good, like positive emotion feeling. There's also so many benefits. It's crazy. It, the benefits to it are unbelievable. Like, and, and 
when you talked about falling into the, the kind of, we'll call it the aesthetics trap of not needing cardio. Mm. And I like to think of it as a spectrum really, right? Because on one side you have what you described, which is I can get lean, I can get strong, I can build muscle, I can do all of those things. I can look great without cardio by dialing in nutrition and strength training, which is a true statement. And then on the other side of that spectrum, you have people who literally only do cardio for their workouts. You have marathon runners who, we'll call it casual marathon runners, who are running with the, the true underlying intent, whether they'll tell people or not, some of these people are running because they want to lose weight and they want to, to improve their physique through running, but they're not paying any attention to nutrition or paying minimal attention to nutrition. They're not prioritizing strength training, meaning they're either not lifting or they don't have a properly designed training program, or they're not training with enough intensity, whatever it is, they have cardio as their, as their gold star. And it is leading them not to where they want to be. And we can put like, you know, we can put cardio bunnies in that category. We can put like any, any, like the opposite of, of the spectrum. Yeah. And I think it, part of the definition of those people or characterization of those people would be they're doing cardio because they feel like it is the only way to lose fat. And and they often do it out of a fear that if they don't do it, then they'll get fat. And like the the cardio is what they do because without it in their mind, it's impossible to lose fat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so clearly like that's not a place where I want to live or you want to live. And so if we say, oh, what's on the other end of the spectrum? It's like, hey, dummy, just uh, cut four Oreos and (laughs) instead of doing 45 minutes of cardio because the calorie expenditure of what you're doing really isn't that high. And I'm talking to past me. When I say dummy, I'm talking to 18-year-old Mike Vacanti who was marathon training and who was like doing massive amounts of movement uh, partly out of like it would be cool to do X but also – driven partly by aesthetics. Um, it's easy to slide to the other side of the spectrum of like, Oh, cardio silly. I'm going to lift, I'm going to track, I'm going to eat mostly healthy and I'm going to, I'm going to look great as a result of this. But I, this is a podcast where I almost wish I would have done a little research and maybe we'll do a part two of like the, like the benefits by the book. But some of what I was reading about, uh, you know, neuron production through aerobic cardio and the, I think the heart health benefits are pretty well known and well documented. Um, even if they weren't motivation enough for me personally to prioritize this, but the, the positive effects on the brain are, are astounding and, and yeah, are, are something to look into. I just remember being in college and one of my professors who at the time I didn't like, but looking back, I I really appreciate what he did. And I think many people who pay attention to my content will have seen this come through over the last probably six months to a year as I've really been pushing the idea of just getting your clients to walk for five minutes a day, if that's like, you don't know where to begin. And even sometimes when people are like, well, what if you have a very overweight client and, and should they start with workouts or nutrition. I used to say start with nutrition. I've recently switched to saying start with five minutes of walking. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier being like it improves so quickly. And it's so motivating to see how quickly it improves that it gets you to really want to, wow, this is going to work. And that really drives your motivation to keep taking action. But I'll never forget this professor. I wish I could remember his name. He was so adamant about pushing walking. And he was always talking. He was like, if people knew 
how much of an impact 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of walking had on your cells, had on your body, had on your brain, then everybody would be doing it. And I remember back then, I, I was in the, at that point in my life, you know, I was reading Martin Burke and reading Lionel McDonald and reading all these people. And I was very much in the anti-cardio crowd. And I was like, ah, blah, blah, blah. But now going back to it, I'm like, man, like from a, an overall health perspective, from just an everyday person who really needs to get their health in check, get their fitness in check, like regardless of the physique aspect, let's just look at the, the health benefits, mental benefits, physical benefits, emotional benefits, psychological benefits. It's just, it's so overwhelmingly obvious that including cardio in your exercise program is critical in so many ways. And more than just, I would say, a quote unquote finisher at the end of your workout, more than just like the, the five, seven, 10 minute thing you do to get your heart rate up and get your clients sweating, like walking for a sustained period of time or, uh, or faster paced walking or jogging, depending on where they are in their fitness level, if they can tolerate it, if their joints can tolerate it. But then that's where it comes the, the sort of like the stationary bike comes into play where I'm like, man, if, if you have a client that can't tolerate the joint stress of walking or running, like get them on a bike, get them on a rower, do something that like doesn't necessarily require them to put all of the stress on their joints. But man, Mm. if there's one thing that I really regret now, it's dismissing cardio for so long and being so anti cardio for so long. And I think that's one of the things that I'm going to work to correct over the next few years is really pushing that not as a way of being like, you need to do it for fat loss, but it can help. And more importantly, you need to do it for health. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, is, is part of, does, does this hit your radar, which is the fact that it's probably easier to build a five minute walking habit than it is to build any kind of nutrition habit, no matter how easy, or to build any kind of like strength training habit? Yeah, especially because you don't necessarily see the results of a nutrition habit so quickly, right? Right. Like you, you, you switch out a meatball sub for a grilled chicken salad. Initially, you don't see the result of that so quickly. Whereas a five-minute walk, number one, after the walk, you're going to feel amazing. Like immediately endorphin release, just the overall response. So proud of yourself for making that decision, getting the sweat going, like you'll feel better immediately. Or how about, how about it's also five minutes that you're not sitting hunched over, staring at blue light, like in, in this position that so many of us are spending six, eight, 12 hours a day doing that isn't optimal for our long-term longevity. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So I think in, in my mind as a coach, it's basically how do I get my client to feel amazing as often as possible while changing their habits. And for someone mm-hmm. who struggles with their weight and, and you're not sure where to begin with training or nutrition, I used to, the, it used to be for me nutrition all the time. I'm not going to say you should always go five minute walk first, but I will say that can't hurt, right? Like if you have someone who's very, very overweight and they already move a lot, well, cool. Now, obviously you have to start with nutrition, but a lot of the people who are very overweight, they're not moving. They're not doing anything. And they might like, they might move way less than, than you actually think in the same way. People will not necessarily be fully honest or objective with their nutrition intake. They might not necessarily be fully honest or objective with their movement. 
they might be getting mm. less less than 200 300 500 steps a day which is like <sighs> might sound crazy to people but it's true that's that's the reality for some people so getting that person to walk for 5 minutes straight go up and down their stairs 10 times throughout the day that makes a big difference yeah absolutely you want to hear something that i that just came to my head which which is many times i like the idea as as a coach and as a marketer i like and i'm not much of a marketer so when i have a marketing <laughs> thought like i like the idea historically of for someone who doesn't like fitness but wants the result i want to show them the minimal effective amount, how few of hours a week you can put into this thing to, to get 80 or 90%. Like we're not going to train twice. A, we're not going to do two a days. We're not going to do hour and a half sessions, six, seven days a week to get quote unquote, a hundred percent maximal results. We're not going to hit every macro to a T every single day. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to strip that down and we're going to do maybe 30% of the work which is going to give us 85% of the result. And this is going to be sustainable. Like you can do 45 minutes of lifting three days a week and you can track most days. If you fall off, get right back on. And this package right here doesn't take that much time once you learn it and it's going to help you for the rest of your life. And in my mind, I don't want to add on top of 45 minutes, three days a week. So they're like, I can fit that into my schedule. I can still go out on the weekends. I still have time with my family. I can still like do this and do this and do this. What if I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, in every morning, I think it'd be cool if you did an hour of walking. It's like, and no, like, <laughs> like that, that isn't as shiny. That's not as, and, and for what benefit? Like when I can get, this physique and feel pretty good and do this on this three X week, 45 minute plan. Why would I do all of this extra quote unquote work? And for me recently, and by recently, I mean these last 10 days, but also in 2012, 13, 14, when I would, I, I subconsciously had this streak of, of doing nighttime walks. There's so much psychological and emotional benefit to being alone being in nature, if you can, uh, not having anyone like bothering or interacting, not scrolling on my phone, but being able to like be in my head, which can mean like visualizing what I have to do later that day. It can be setting up my plan for the next day. It can be sorting through thoughts that like, you know, if I'm scrolling on my phone, I'm distracting myself from a lot of what could be going on here with me. But if I'm out there, if I'm in nature and I'm just like pounding one step at a time and then I have a thought, it's like I can deal with that. I can figure out, okay, I'm going to make this decision and then cool, like set that aside. That was such a huge benefit to how I was able to think through big decisions, quitting my accounting job, like, you know, moving around the country, taking internship, don't take an internship. Like, what should I be doing? Um, a lot of that productive thinking and visualizing and, and like almost a form of prayer in, in some sense at, at certain times came through the process of being in isolation, moving, doing something like relatively difficult, having the blood pumping, having the oxygen pumping, like this, this meditative uh, drill to the whole that let me be a better person. So it's not the calorie expenditure of the 8,000 step walk, but there's so much more that is built and that is, is derived from doing that. Correct. And, you know, 
three X a week, 45 minutes and track is a lot cleaner than whatever kind of like gurgly explanation that just was. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It, it was making me think, I forgot to tell you, I called you today when I was walking. I was like, man, Florida, nature, walking feels amazing. Space, it yes. feels so good. It's just like walking on grass, feeling this, smelling the grass, feeling the grass. Like it, it was something I don't get very often in New York City. And uh, something else that I was doing, and I forgot to tell you, but I was in the middle of nowhere, in the big field, no one around, and I just started like whooping really loud, like screaming, like letting out, like breathing really loud, screaming, like woo, like just as loud as I could. And it, yeah. like, it was this feeling that I, I feel like oftentimes we're, we feel suppressed. Like we feel like we're, we're stifled, like we have to be quiet, we can't fully express ourselves. So There's something cues. very freeing just to be able to whoop and like scream and you like as loud as I can without the worry of like being embarrassed or someone hearing whatever it is. And I think yeah. that's something that you can get when you're doing cardio. Like you can't do that at the gym without annoying other people and being really looked at. But if you can get yeah. out on your own, get in the woods, even like down a street, like, and be able to, you and I were also talking about the, the difference, like strength training feels great in some sense to overpower a certain weight, overcome a certain weight, feel really strong, but there's a different type of strain mentally and physically with intense cardio, um, mm. in terms of the sustained effort over time, whereas a, a difficult set in strength training might take 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds if you're really going a long set, but to do something for 20, 30, 45 minutes straight at like, a not a, a near max, but at like a sustained, very difficult effort. Like that's a completely different strain, which I think is another way of being able to express yourself and, and sort of free your mind of, of everything going on. So I, I think yeah. the important thing to take from this is it's not saying do cardio instead of strength training. It's saying if you've been in the camp that we've been in, which has been mainly strength at the expense of cardio, it might be worthwhile to invest some time in getting back into, into some cardio and taking some time to really push yourself that way. And you might find that you absolutely love it. Dude. I love that you mentioned that because I often like yell <laughs> when I'm out in out there, like maybe, whether it's yeah. words or like, like just like under my breath, like, come on, like, like, like self-talk kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, and it, and motions too because when you said suppressed or feel suppressed because we're not actually like social cues aren't actually suppressing our actions it's the perception correct that is suppressing like i could go the out in the new york city and scream and be fine like that's pretty normal there actually but you, yeah. you feel pressure <laughs> not to do it yeah yeah that exists for for what you just mentioned like a letting out a random whoop it also exists in my opinion or in for me at least with movement patterns. Mm. Like when I'm back there, I'll like kind of skip and hop like a boxer a little bit, or I'll, I'll put my arms over my head or I'll get a lot of twisting motions in, or I'll, I'll do like a, I'll like do like a lateral kind of like slow run and then switch it and go the other way and like walk backwards. And I'm just moving around and, and getting into movement patterns that aren't in the stifled, like you know, sitting in a chair, sitting at a desk, like standing, walking on a subway, like the, the, the normal movements. Yeah. Yeah. It feels really good. And it was interesting because as I was walking, I was like, I want to yell. Like, I just want to like, whoop, I want to like have a like, let out like a big whoop. But I, 
I looked around first to see if there are any people. And I was like, ah, that shouldn't matter. But then the first one I did, it was stifled. And I could feel that I was stifling. I could feel that I was not fully letting it out unrestrained, that it was still sort of muffled. And I did it again. It was a little bit louder, a little bit less restrained. And then like the third time I felt my chest and my throat and my mouth relax and just let it out loud. And again, I looked around to see if anybody saw. And I was like, it shouldn't matter. But it's interesting how like you feel this consciously or not this this pressure not like to to be quiet or to not be fully yourself. And it's nice to get out and just whoop, just like be yourself, let it all out. It, it feels very, very relaxing and freeing. And look, yes, you can play the mental game with yourself that you can make yourself not care at all about other people. And you can go to the, you can go to London, you can go to New York city, you can go to Tokyo and you can be in the most packed areas and you can just be your own weird self, right? Like you can get yourself there mentally. Cool. But <laughs> Those are behaviors that are better suited to nature and, (laughs) you know, like, like, sure, that's an option, but I think there's something even additional about not having to go through all that and genuinely being in like the forest, like being on a path, getting off pavement. Like we've talked about feet on grass, like feet on sand, body in ocean, these, these feelings, these like. Uh, you know, different textures, different like grounding techniques, whatever you want to call it, that that have a a, a real potent effect on on how oh, we yeah. feel. If anyone wants to look up the research on this, look like go to PubMed, go to Google Scholar, whatever, and look up grounding. Like, there's a significant amount of research about walking out barefoot, like getting in the grass, and and the positive effects. It's it's one of those things that, especially you know, living in New York, New York City. You can't just go outside barefoot. That's definitely not a good bet. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, it, it's interesting for me now. I've loved New York City for so many years, and I'm starting to be like, all right, uh, I like. I want to get out of it. I want to have more nature. I want to be outside more. And I think uh, it, if it's something, I, it's so this is definitely the the most different podcast you and I have ever done. But I really like it, and I hope if nothing else, if not for yourself maybe for your clients, but also for yourself is finding ways to incorporate nature and being outside and opening up and not feeling suppressed because the more you can make that a daily habit, the more you can make that something that the more they're going to feel confident in in their ability and you'll, you'll feel more confident in your ability to make it a habit and to be yourself on a regular basis. Yeah. Great, great words. What else on cardio here? I think that's it. If you want to, if you want to try a really difficult form of cardio, get into some jujitsu. I'll tell you, it'll, it'll humble you very quickly. I still remember the the first time you and Rico went at it for like two minutes, and after those two, oh, minutes, it's exhausting. It's it's crazy. It's really, it was, really exa- crazy. It was exhausting dominating Rico in jujitsu. <laughs> that's an that's an unfair shot by me he's not here (laughs) the thing about it though i think about it's sort of the same thing with lifting you know when when you get very good with with lifting or you see i think a really good example of this is with sprinters like high level elite sprinters if you watch an elite sprinter you'll see their faces and the muscles in their face are just like bouncing up and down like jiggling as they run at top speeds like world record speeds 
and it's the perfect uh, picture and example of being able to be um, explosive and tight in some areas and unbelievably loose and relaxed in other areas. And that takes a tremendous amount of skill in order to really understand how to be tight in some areas and relax in others are are your body. Whereas like myself, when I sprint, my face is all tight. Like everything is scrunched up. Like everything, like everything is tight. Nothing is relaxed whatsoever. But I'm noticing this with jujitsu too. For example, like the other day I was, you know, I was holding on to someone's collar and we were going around and my coach was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. In this position, you can relax your hand, relax your arm, hold on, but you don't have to hold on for dear life. He's like, when you hold on like that, it's going to tire you out. It's going to, it's going to make it in 30 seconds to a minute where you're going to lose your grip strength. So you hold on, relax here, but then you are tight here in these, in your legs and your feet and da, 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 da. So it's, it's another aspect of cardio that I think is, is sort of learning to let your shoulders down, let your, your neck relax, your muscles relax, your traps relax, breathe in through your belly, in through your chest, like get full belly breaths in and relax while you do it and push yourself mentally and physically. Yeah, which takes two, I mean, many things, but one, the awareness, the body awareness, the self-awareness, and then two, continual practice just takes reps. Yeah. But yes, like wrestling with someone is exhausting and is a great form of cardio. <laughs> um, when, when you mentioned uh, running before, and I, I used to get this question when I would kind of post doing forms of cardio, like, oh, you're running a lot. And I, I was walking. I was like, no, I'm walking. People were like, walking? Like, is that anything? For myself, I have, there's a few things. One, there's Obviously, there's more stress on ankles, knees, hips than uh, when you're running, even jogging, than when you're walking, which is why cycling is such a great form of cardio, which is why swimming is such a great form of cardio, which I think walking is such a great form of cardio. The trade-off between you can get more intensity running than you can walking, even if you're walking as fast as you can, um, but the, the impact on the joints over the long run – and look, I'm not like my technique running isn't perfect by any means. So I'm not like, obviously I could be doing better there, but the wear and tear there makes it not worth it over years and decades for me. But two, getting past that hurdle of, of doms from running, you know, my calves, like uh, even just glutes, hamstrings, like the training interference that that has, um, on mainly my lower body training, but really like the gap in difficulty between walking and running for me personally is massive. And that bleeds into the amount of gas in the tank, whether we're talking like mentally, physiologically in specific muscle groups, uh, whole body CNS, like I have less in me to do strength training when running it just doesn't make it worth it and i think that's that's a personal thing right like choosing your form of cardio um is is something that requires some thinking requires some testing requires paying attention to how you feel uh requires communicating with your clients about it obviously there are certain things that don't make sense like you know don't don't do sets of a hundred explosive jump squats probably (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I do think 
the type of cardio selection and the logic that goes into that form of cardio or picking that form of cardio is could be a podcast in itself, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the, the most important things that coaches should be taking from this is realistically, I think probably the most important thing is helping your clients understand the importance and benefit of simple walking, right? If your clients want to do more than that, amazing. But I, every day I get people being like, is walking an exercise? Like does walking count? Like, and it's one of those things that I really think that as a, as an industry to help this industry improve, to help people get healthier, showing, put on your Instagram stories, show them you're walking, just that like you're getting your steps in, talk about the importance of it, talk about the benefits of it, and then talk about ways to progress it. Maybe start with five minutes and then move to seven minutes, then move to 10 minutes. Talk about ways to progress it in terms of levels of intensity. If you are walking, if you're doing half a mile, try and beat your half mile time, right? There, there are so many ways to improve your, your uh, cardiovascular fitness and your health, mental health, emotional health through doing this. Be a good coach and good example through talking about this. And I guarantee you, you will get people thanking you up and down, left and right, just thanking you for showing them that something is always better than nothing and giving them a practical example of it. And I I think that through the process of you doing that, you're actually really going to enjoy it yourself. You're going to learn a lot as a coach and you're going to inspire many, many, many people far more than I think you might realize. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, congrats, because I don't think Mike or I expected us to talk this long about cardio, but it's so important. It's just so, so important. And I really think if you take from this that you put into application that this is something you make a staple, not, it doesn't have to be on your main feed every day, but make it a habit to show them that this is a habit and it it might make a really big difference in people's lives. Yeah. I love that. You do such a good job at making things relevant for the audience. Like (laughs) just from like a, like a, what all this is perspective this episode wasn't crafted for how can we maximally help coaches. This was Jordan and I have both individually been very into this subject. So we're just going to talk about it. And we've got a lot of positive feedback about people liking that portion of episode. So we wanted to do a whole episode just riffing on it. Next episode, we'll be answering some of your questions again. But um, yeah, shout out Big J on, uh, on bringing things to relevant action points for the audience. Also, I like the <laughs> the discussion around just whooping and dancing and different movements. Like last time you and I were in Florida together and we were in the kitchen and we just started doing that like like just dancing around in the kitchen like it's, yeah. And I remember how surprised I felt in that moment, how like restricted my body felt to not just fully flow and move. And this is like getting like really more hippy dippy and wooey than I ever thought that I would. But there's really something into letting your body just move. And that also includes your vocal cords and your lungs and just letting it out and just like feel like this. I think it's so important. And it just it's a form of meditation, I think, that really, really helps. Yeah. I'm into this. Maybe we should just make a video of you and I just like doing like a dance, just like <laughs> just shaking and moving well, they our arms were. all around. They're movement patterns that their movement patterns and holds and like random movements that we don't do in our day to day lives. They're breathing patterns that we don't do in our day to day lives. Whether it's faster than normal, whether it's deeper than normal, like and uh, and I mean, you just know after five minutes of doing that, you know that you feel different. Yeah. Yep. That's right. 
Oh, by the way, you know more than anyone how much I, I hate going in cold water. Like I really, I hate going in cold water, but the Airbnb I'm staying at, they have a pool. And so uh, I woke up this morning and I like, first I went in the hot tub. I practiced the, the water cut, which went super well. And then uh, I was eyeing the pool and I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. And immediately I was like, I got to do it. I just got to do it. Stop being a wuss. Just get in the pool. So a couple of times today, randomly throughout the day, I've just been walking around the apartment naked because no one else is here. So I'm just walking around naked, it. going in the, the hot tub naked, the, and I would just like be naked and I would just jump in the pool. I'd be like, all right, cool. Just like making it a habit to do the thing that I really hate getting in cold water. And uh, yeah, for and just another thing to think about is just if you don't want to do something, just stop being a wuss, just do it. Two things. And I'm extremely into all of that. One, are you bringing back the word wuss? Yeah, I think we should. I love it. I'm in. Two, <laughs> what if like two years from now, someone's like, Syatt Fitness, like he used to live in New York City and he, he trained Gary's Instagrams. Like what's he doing now? It's like, oh, he's a nudist. He lives out in the country. He's still making content. He's, but he whoops and he does a lot of grounding and dancing and he, he uh, yeah, he's still still a great coach, but no clothes. He paints no clothes his face, puts like war October paint 8. on his face and dances and swings his arm around. He has no stairs in his house. He's only got like tree branches to swing from. <laughs> <laughs> Your body would feel so good. Oh, I mean, that would be a great house. Like floors, trampolines for floors, just no real actual like floor. Either trampolines or just like grass. Like you might have a floor all made of grass and like little hills, like moguls on it. <laughs> Optimal moving and grounding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, we would really appreciate a five-star review. If you have any questions, feel free to DM Mike or I on either of our Instagrams. Uh, We're happy to answer them in subsequent podcasts. But thank you so much and have a wonderful day. And good luck tomorrow, Jordan. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Bye, everyone.